Thank you for listening in on our podcast today, the very first of many. Today we'll be talking to friend of Facet 5, Dick Beeman from The Right Conversation and Tracy Arnold, solutions partner here at Facet 5, to talk about how we talk and the power conversation can have on our well-being and our relationships at home and in the workplace. So welcome to the podcast, Dick and Tracy. We're going to dive straight in. So it's over to you. We're seeing this real generosity and spirit in how people are coming together and supporting each other during the COVID-19 pandemic, um, reaching out to people around them, whether they be neighbours or colleagues, uh, really checking in, ensuring that they're okay and feeling connected. Um, do you think that there's been a shift in our collective understanding around the power of connection and the inclusion through conversations? Uh Yes, I think that is undoubtedly the case, and it's maybe one of the few good things that's coming out of the COVID crisis. Uh, I, I guess that the challenge will that will be how does that translate into the workplace, mm. and will we talk differently when things return to the new normal, whatever that may look like? Um, but I think there is a a trend but i think it's a trend to be honest that's been accelerated i think it was sort of there anyway and i think if you take a slightly broader look at leading and managing and and what is required i think you could already see a change in the role of uh, a manager versus maybe 10 15 years ago and I, and i guess the trend i'm referring to is that you know, broadly put, communications in companies has been about people telling people what to do and leaders and managers having answers to questions. And I think broadly put, the role of a manager has been to have the answer. And that's why they are appointed to become managers. Um, I think for a whole host of societal reasons, and I think the COVID one is a really interesting example of that, that model of knowing the answer and just telling people what you think is is, is not as credible as it used to be, uh, partly because we don't trust leaders and managers the way we used to. And again, COVID has shown this, I think, as a crisis. Um, the VUCA world, things change so quickly that the idea that one person or a few people can have all the answers is it's just ludicrous. And, and, and again, you couldn't have a better example of that than COVID, which I think three or four months ago we hadn't even heard of. Uh, and it just transformed the, the world and the world of business. Um, so, and I also think you have a trend in society of people just having more voice. They're more active on Facebook, they're on social media, they are part of the conversation. Um, so I think what we're starting to see is, is this idea that managers can't just have the answer. And one of the core skills for managers increasingly is maybe to, be, to enable the right conversations to happen rather than to walk in with the right answer. And I think the mood, the, the mood music that you referred to, Grant, just now sort of with COVID, is really supportive of that. But I think that trend was happening anyway. So... Uh, I think it's a, it's a bunch of things coming together. Um, 
which I think will be good in the long run, even if slightly painful at the moment. Mm, it's really interesting. I think it it sort of leads into my next question, which is, and you hinted there with you know both with business and government and those what we would call typically trusted sources of information, you know, health, media, etc., mm. under so much more scrutiny through this pandemic and in our current situation. Do you think there is a, um, a gap in the type of conversations we're having now and actually what we expect from these groups? Yeah, I think profoundly. I, I think uh, what we're seeing is, I think what we've seen is something really interesting. We've seen people who we think should have the answers not have the answers uh, and that's politicians and even the medics when they talk they don't know they're learning literally as they go along so I, I think the conversation we would have had before and would expect to have with a prime minister or a health person is you tell us what you think and we'll question it but you we kind of expect you to have an answer and I think the conversation we now need to have is what how do we figure out between us what this looks like so what does going back to work look like? Because you don't know and I don't know. So we have to talk about what it looks like. We have to have a conversation about that. And I think there's two issues attached to that. One is leaders have to have the, the humility to be able to say, I don't know. But equally, we as, as followers, if that's the right word, need to accept that our leaders cannot always have the answers and not chastise them when they don't because it's unfair it's an unfair expectation to put on people so yeah i think we're missing the conversations which are people coming together going we don't know um but let's talk um and i think that's quite a big shift for quite a lot of people on both sides of the conversation to make do you think that trust is in decline in these organizations and and more typically across these trusted bodies uh, that it's impacting on the type and quality of conversations people are having? Uh, yes to both of those. I think it is undoubtedly the case that trust in business, but also broader institutions like government, the media, uh, is in decline. Uh, I think this is widely measured. There are lots of well-known things that track it, like the Edelman Trust Barometer. But I think suffice it to say that they all show trust has been coming down progressively over time um, so that is an issue um, how does that impact the way companies and leaders talk well I think the companies that are responding well to this have understood that trust is based on authenticity and on people talking openly about difficult issues and I think you can see some leaders embracing this and being willing to have those conversations where others still tend to revert to the old habits of pretending they have answers to questions. And I think just before I uh, talk for too long, the COVID crisis has been a really good example of this, I think. And we've seen politicians deal with this very differently in different countries and i think undoubtedly the ones that have been most open most transparent most authentic have handled the crisis best so uh, yes the answer is i think trust is down and i think authentic conversations are important and some have embraced that others less so tracy in your experience and then working uh with clients through coaching through team dynamics through facilitation are you seeing a shift in the type of demand 
and the quality or type of conversation that you've been asked to participate in with leaders? Yes and no, I think. So I think what I'm noticing is where we've been asked to sort of support clients, it has been to help facilitate some of those conversations because I think what they're recognising is, as Dix just said, conversations are even more important than ever and it feels harder than ever because we're not in the same room. We're missing loads of cues that we would normally pick up um, from people. And that means it feels like that the virtual barrier is a bit of a barrier. So it's feeling harder. It takes more effort. It's more intentional. So I think everyone recognizes definitely leaders and teams are recognizing connecting and having conversations is even more critical and it feels harder and it feels a little bit more exhausting in some ways. Um, so if anything, like Dick said, I think it's accelerated the knowledge that we need to focus on this stuff, but we have to focus on it slightly differently now, actually give it more time than we might normally in our normal meetings or one-to-one. -one. So lots of people are saying they've really noticed that if they don't check in at a human level to sort of come back to building that trust, then they can't have the conversations they need to actually take the business forward think what Tracy is saying I completely agree with which is that I think there's a core competence now that managers need to have which is the ability to engage in proper conversations I think it's something we all do so it's a weird subject in a way conversations because we all talk but but I think we all know and we're learning through this COVID crisis that some people are really quite good at it and it makes a huge difference and some people are just not uh, and so my view personally is, is that, that one of the, the core competencies for any manager moving forward will be the ability to have great conversations. And that includes having them virtually. Mm. And I think there's a whole different set of skills attached to that. And as Tracy said, all the nuances of body language and, and all that we, you know, is gone. Um, and virtual facilitation of teams is challenging. So I, I think it's a huge developmental area for lots of people and i think it's been shown to be more needed now perhaps than than ever and actually to add on top of um dick's comment there i think it's just even noticing whether you're having the conversation and what i mean by that is people are having lots possibly more than they've ever had mm. connecting more and more um but are they having the conversation that makes a difference because the conversation they're often having is straight into an agenda straight into a to-do list or a task list and it feels like as the weeks have gone by they are you know those people that are becoming a little bit more aware of the impact of that they're starting to take a step back and, and retrace their steps a little bit and trying to implement now conversations that are have a very different tone different feeling um and catching themselves opening up a conversation immediately by going straight to the transactional business oriented stuff mm. And good managers would have done this anyway before COVID. They would have had conversations that checked in with somebody. But sometimes I think we're worried about the efficiency of our time when we're operating virtually. So almost we get stuck in even quicker. And I think I'm noticing a lot that teams and leaders are saying, hang on a minute, we've lost some of the good habits actually that we had when we were face to face and they're actually having to reintroduce them as well. Yeah, I agree. Thank you for that. What would you say then are the essential skills that we need to develop uh, in order to work in, in this new world? Or have they even changed? Um, the skills are the same as they always have been. Uh, I don't think uh, other than that there's a slightly different 
thing with the virtual world but but you know we, we've always talked about five core skills um super skills as we call them which, which underpin really any conversation people have um and just because we have conversations doesn't mean we do it well and and i think it doesn't take much work with people to help them to realize that uh, things aren't as good as they could be so so if you look very quickly look at the five skills so one is is being present giving people your undivided attention uh, and i guess no conversation can start unless you can really focus on the other person and that's very challenging in the modern world so that there's a real skill around making yourself available uh, the second skill is around managing and knowing what's going on inside yourself during a conversation or what we call hyper awareness we all have biases we have triggers we make judgments and if we're not aware of how those play out they interfere in the conversation and they have an impact that we may not want it to have so the ability to tune into yourself is a core skill um, the third one we talk about we call decoding and and it's more than listening. Decoding is really getting what someone else is telling you. And that's both in terms of hearing it, but also wanting to hear it, being genuinely interested in hearing what other people have to say. And as Tracy just said, in the hurly-burly of a busy life, we can forget to do that ever so quickly. Um, the fourth one is voicing, which is the ability to say what has to be said, even if it's tough, but in a way that's constructive and helpful. We can all be blunt, we can all speak our minds. That isn't necessarily helpful. Um, so the ability to voice sensitively but authentically really matters. And then I think the last one is, is, is flow control, we call it, which is the ability to manage conversations, the beginning, the middle, and the end. We're all time constrained, but as Tracy said, there are bits you need to pay attention to, the human bits, the beginning bits, the, the middle bit you need to end it with clear next steps there's a skill to managing conversations um and i think all five of those skills matter but they always have mattered uh, perhaps now is the time to um focus a bit more on them or help people to do that um, at Facet 5, we often talk about that perfect relationship between the art of conversations and the science of personality. Uh, Tracy, in, in your experience, how do you think that's changed the way that individuals engage with the notion of developing conversation skills, and, and in particular, the role of personality in that, in that process? I think for me, where I see it at the most value for, for teams in particular is it just gives that neutrality of language no right or wrong, no good or bad when we're talking about personality, just difference. And I think actually right now, that's probably mostly really critical. I'm hearing a lot of people saying, we want to make sure we're not losing that diversity of thinking and the diverse points of view and opinions. And that absolutely requires some of the stuff that Dick's just talked about. You need to be able to listen and question well and then voice well as well. But if I'm not aware of how my style impacts, or helps the dynamic of the team or helps to provide clarity for a direct report or you know um provide a consistent message then i'm we're just missing a trick and i think quickly what i'm noticing as well particularly because we're having to operate virtually almost all the time is that understanding is getting lost and it's very quick it's very quick and easy for us to move to judgment and assumptions whereas actually what we probably need to do is just bring ourselves back to 
let's just di- let's just discuss what's different about how we're approaching this um so that we can have the same conversation rather than five or six or seven different conversations in the same team so i think it's that raising awareness again and raising awareness specifically around we're all going to approach this differently um and that's okay yeah I agree with that. And I, I also think just to build on that, that um, you know, some of these skills that we talked about come more naturally to some people than others. I mean, some people are more comfortable speaking out. They have personality traits that just enable them to do that. Or they might find it naturally easier to listen, to, to enter the space of the other person. So I, I think marrying personality and how people are naturally with, with this skill building is a really, really good and i think helpful thing to do for people because it just says we are as tracy said we are all different um and that's just the right way for you to make this work and there's not a right way necessarily we are in the middle of a global pandemic and we go through collective trauma so i think where the personality stuff is really helpful right now is it allows us to have that language around how we're all responding differently to a trauma and we think about presence and hyper-awareness in particular from the, the super skills that Dix just described, actually just understanding what helps us get present or what, how to tune into ourselves so we kind of know what's going on under the surface for us. If you don't get those two things right at the moment, the conversations don't really have um, a chance of being as effective as they can be. And the per- I think our personality really allows us to have that conversation around what each of us needs to get present, what triggers us, you know, where are some of those unconscious biases sometimes so that we can get past that stuff and get into a really good dialogue. How do you prepare an organisation or deliver the case for conversations with your clients? Yeah, that's, it's a really excellent question. And I think it's an important one. Um, I think um, we have learned the hard way that, that just walking in and telling people to become better at conversations doesn't work because it it comes across as remedial and people people respond badly especially senior leaders in our experience to being told they're not good at listening or they're not good at this it somehow seems remedial so we've learned that that the way to introduce it is as something which is aspirational and not remedial and aspirational i mean in a sense of this is what modern leadership looks like. So some of the things we talked about earlier, that the core competence of modern, exciting, forward-looking leaders is to enable conversations and to make a case for that with research and examples of what other companies do and to, what we use the word to provoke them into thinking about this makes a huge difference. Once people think that this is important and you then say here's a way of becoming better at it they're interested in in workshops but just piling in with a workshop that says you know spend a day doing this hasn't necessarily worked so for us the combination of provoking big picture scene setting making the case and then supporting it with developmental skills building has has been the the best way to get that to happen in uh, organisations that have picked up uh, the conversations and they can see that it's going to add real value uh, as a, almost as a work-life skill, an essential leadership skill going forward, what are the benefits that you're seeing 
in organisations with the introduction of the super skills, both the concept and uh, actually the skill building component that you mentioned before. Um, so th this is always a, a tricky question, I think, when people say, how do you measure this? How do you measure that? And um, you can see a number of things. Um, you can see immediate benefits when people report much more favorably on the conversations they have with their boss, uh, the quality and the frequency thereof. They report more favorably on the attitudes as they perceive them of senior management's willingness to engage and to listen and to consult. Um, I think there are clearly longer term benefits in terms of better decision making, more, more input, more rounded thinking, which are much harder to track. And, and in a funny way, it, it's a little bit like, I always think like giving holidays. People say, you know, it's a good thing, but you can't really prove it. You can't say if we have an extra day's holiday, productivity will go up X. But if I said you are going to have no holiday next year, you know that would be a bad thing. So on a very instinctive level, people know that talking more and more authentically works. And, it, and you can ask very simple questions afterwards and people will say, yeah, this is exactly how it should be. This is how we should talk all the time. Um, and the, the people, especially senior leaders who get that, become real advocates. So we do a lot of work with the police, for example, which is a you know, pretty traditional environment of people telling other people what to do. And it's remarkable if you work with a bunch of senior police officers about this and ask them afterwards and the people who report to them about the difference it makes, it's enormous um, and they'll report on it. So yeah, you, you can see it, but some of it is, is subtle and happens over the longer term. Um, but none, no, no less powerful because of that, obviously. In a lot of organisations, we talk about engagement as a key driver and a key metric. And we often focus on um, a number of aspects. But at Fast Five, we talk about being of value and feeling valued. And do you think that then uh, the type of conversations and the super skills can enable or empower that more quickly, that people feel that they belong and are feeling valued and valuable? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think if you look at the studies of engagement, obviously lots of things drive engagement, but one of the key ones, if not the key one, is someone's relationship with their line manager. Uh, and I think the relationship between a line manager and someone they manage is, if you boil it right down, nothing more than a series of conversations. That is what management is. I talk to you, you do stuff, I talk to you. If I do that well, if every time I talk to you, you feel seen, heard authentically spoken to you have a chance to really tell me what you think that's a huge driver for engagement i think absolutely enormous and i'd say it's the single biggest thing most managers can do to improve the the engagement scores of the people they look after so yeah absolutely i think it's a huge driver for that i see in your work again uh, through that team dynamic space and the coaching space with leaders uh, that you're involved in. Um, what are the benefits that you're seeing in the programs that you've run or the conversations that you've been having with leaders through the use of super skills? I think, and a really good example of it just today, doing a team coaching session, actually, the leadership team, where actually the whole organised, um, the whole leadership population have gone through um, quite an incremental program using the super skills and having their own super skills individual reports. Once you have it, you have it. 
you have a reference point to come back to. And what I've noticed is you can't, you might need to keep putting the effort into it to build those conversational skills to be as effective as possible, but it's in their psyche now. And so we talked a lot today actually around their presence together virtually. Um, so I think the fact that you give something a label, you give them a framework, it helps us as human beings to make sense of something that even though it's a fundamental basic skill, as you said earlier, is actually really difficult as well. So it gives them a language, a shared language and a shared understanding and something to come back to to help signpost where they might need to um, put a bit more effort into or build some you know, different habits around because it's so easy for teams in particular just to fall back into habits and um, norms that I've, before COVID. I really noticed that today with this team they were actually talking about. We've kind of reverted, reverted to our natural style and preference. So being able to hold something like that up just gives them that chance to say, okay, so where do we need to, to move the dial a little bit? So with the line uh, just at the moment between work and home blurred for many people, both you know, physically <laughs> and literally with um, a lot of people working from home, uh, what we have noticed obviously is that is changes the dynamic at home. Uh, and it changes the types of relationships that we're, we're having, sometimes for the positive, sometimes for not for the positive. What would you recommend for people who want to apply the super skills or the thinking to conversations outside of work? So I suppose for me, I think, why are we separating it at all? It's the way that we connect to each other. It's the way we make sense of the world. It's the way we build relationships. Um, it's, and I, so I think it isn't any different. I suppose what I might challenge having heard from people is you're absolutely right. The lines between work and home, the boundaries between work and home are feeling really blurred for people. I'm hearing a lot of people are feeling really exhausted because they're on back-to-back -back virtual calls, meetings, having conversations, which seems to take more effort. So what I'm hearing is, therefore, that takes more effort to come off of that kind of work day and engage with the people you live with. <laughs> Um, so I don't think it's any different. I think it's about conscious effort and probably managing yourself actually. So coming back to tuning into yourself, when do you need a break? Um, and actually that hyper awareness skill can help you think about that for yourself. How do I need to manage myself so I can turn up well and authentically and present in all, all of the conversations I'm having in my life. Mm. I agree with Tracy. I, I, I don't necessarily distinguish between the skills you need to talk well at work or the skills you need to talk well at home. It's really interesting. If you look at a lot of the stuff that, the, or the material, the models that uh, we use in, in workplace training, a lot of them have their roots in kind of family dynamics and family therapy. And, and for most people, their first experience of authority and that is the family. Um, and, and so the relationships outside of work you know, I don't think are different or less important than the ones in work, yet we train people to do this stuff in work. And, and that always seems quite nonsensical to me. But um, so I absolutely, it's, and it's also really interesting when you run the workshops and you ask people for an example of a difficult conversation. I'd say nine times out of 10, they go home or out of work for an example. Oh, it's my auntie or it's my brother or, you know, People immediately recognize, and I think if almost, sorry, to one more point here, that 
I think the relationships out of work are almost more important to people because if you if you're my boss I can leave you at the end of the day I can't leave my family uh, or my friends as easily so those conversations are actually much more challenging and much more uh, high stakes for many people and transforming some of those I think is a huge gift to people and very many people leave the workshops in my experience going that's amazing I'm going to talk differently to my son tonight or to my partner or um, almost as much as I say I'm going to talk differently to my boss um, so I, I think people instinctively bring them together um, I think and we should encourage that and right now I think that emphasis for people is is so more so much more amplified it's really under the magnifying glass because lots of people are working from home with their family around them so of course they're they're having they're actually um in the company of their family more than they would be ordinarily so it's shining a light even more on you know those conversations and we're getting bored of each other and all those things and it's very easy to trip into old patterns again in the in the home as it, just as much as it is at the workplace and again i think there's something if we've heard this a lot haven't we but i think it's so true the conversation having good conversations between you and your loved ones is the way of being kind to each other right now, because we are in times we just weren't expected to be in and we've never had to manage before. So starting with actually being more conscious around the kinds of kinds of conversations you're having with each other and how you're approaching them is probably partly going to be helping a lot of us actually navigate this current situation. So looking to the future and, and gazing uh, into your crystal balls what do you see is the change we may see in businesses or any change from our collective experience uh, in and in particular around conversations you, you alluded to this earlier we're moving back towards people being at the center of businesses i think if you look at the business models moving forward all the mechanical work is increasingly stripped out and done by ai or computers or and what you're left with is people doing the stuff that only people can do and which can't easily be done by machines. And that takes you bang into human skills. So I think the ability for managers to really, really tap into that. And as I said earlier, through the way they talk with people is going to be cr more critical than ever. And I think one other thing is that um, as the new normal whatever it's called emerges we're going to have to do a lot of talking because there are no answers that anyone can give so i think unless we just collectively and at the level of the organization say look we need to talk about how this is going to work uh, i think we're missing a trick and to use tracy's point we, we would slip back into old habits which i think won't serve uh, us that well moving forward so I, I only see more emphasis on this moving forward. Yeah, I agree with everything Dick's just said there. I think for me, in a way, what COVID has done in particular is it's highlighted, I think what everyone knows instinctively and is hard to do, but what's been different about COVID is we've all been in this together. We are all being impacted by the same thing and people want to talk about that because people want to share experience and they want to learn together. So I think in the work we do, what's been really helpful about that is it, it, it has actually given what we do more credence and more validity and um, yeah, more value actually. So what I'm hearing from leaders and teams is even if they weren't quite 
you know, in agreement with how leadership is changing or how organizational cultures are changing, they kind of are now because we've all been part of this big systemic mm. change. And the only way we're going to get through it and be stronger and emerge stronger from it is, is through dialogue and, and getting a shared sense of what it actually means and then having, you know, a shared collective endeavor about how we actually manage this stuff for us and for our people and for our families. You can't do that unless you're talking. So to that point, we're going to end it there for today. A huge thank you to both Dick and Tracy for joining us on this podcast and for sharing all their valuable insights around the importance of conversations. We hope you've enjoyed the discussion. And if you would like to learn more about Facet 5 Super Skills and the power of conversation, visit our website at www.superskillsofgreatconversations.com. Thanks for listening in today.